This is Recorded Future, Inside Threat Intelligence for Cybersecurity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 149 of the Recorded Future podcast. I'm Dave Bittner from the CyberWire. Many organizations find themselves puzzling through the countless security products and services on offer these days, decoding the buzzwords and acronyms, hoping to find clarity and understanding. MSSP and MDR are among those offerings. MSSP stands for Managed Security Service Provider, and MDR is Managed Detection and Response. Our guest today will help sort out the sometimes subtle differences between the two. Sean Blankhorn is Chief Product Officer at eCentire, and he shares his insights on modern threat hunting and how threat intelligence can enhance those capabilities. Stay with us. I've been uh, in IT now for over over 20 years now. Uh, a little scary to say that, but, uh, you know, started from a schooling perspective, you know, went to school for software engineering. First part of my professional career was, was actually based in Canada, uh, and it was all surrounding uh, more web-based application development uh, based on that, that background that I had in software engineering. About 17 years ago, I moved down to the U.S., uh, and in that move, I moved more to uh, consultancy roles, uh, and that's where I, I got into a, a focus around security and compliance. Uh, and so spent uh, many years out there working with some of the largest firms globally, uh, you know, uh, Home Depot, General Motors, Fidelity Investments, uh, Walmart, mm. you name them, working on uh, large-scale uh, security deployments of technologies ranging from antivirus to uh, SIM to uh, data loss prevention or DLP to encryption uh, were kind of some of my, my areas of specialty. Uh, and then parlayed that uh, experience on the consultancy side to move more onto the pre-sales engineering side. So spent uh, some time uh, working with Symantec and their global threat, global threat intelligence uh, team and their managed security services team uh, before joining uh, eCentire, uh, six and a, a little over six and a half years ago now, to lead their sales engineering uh, and build their their sales engineering division, and then subsequently move from that into a field CTO role where I was more focused on uh, on helping to deliver entire solutions for customer sets at, at kind of more of an abstract layer. So going beyond kind of what we had as, as direct products uh, and thinking about bigger picture and how we could put things together to solve customer problems and, and to achieve their outcomes. Uh, so that's what I did as field CTO. Then I moved into uh, the role of chief product officer uh, to fill a gap that we had there. And then just most recently in the last couple of weeks, I've moved over uh, to lead the, the, the experience side, which is going to be focused on uh, how do we take our, you know, our, our market-leading experience that we have with our customers from end to end, uh, including things like our digital experience and so forth, you know, our portal and our quarterly service reviews that we do with customers, but but taking those and and reimagining those into uh, a future model that will help drive uh, tighter uh, relationships between us and our customers and deliver more value from a, a risk perspective. So I'm pretty excited about uh, the new role that I'm I'm now undertaking. Yeah, I, I want to dig into your day to day there at eCentire, but before that, I have to ask you: um, 
You know, back with your experience working with some of those large companies, uh, mm-hmm. when you talk about uh, things like Home Depot and Walmart, and uh, I mean, how when you're operating at that scale, how do you come at these cybersecurity problems? Where do you begin when you're dealing with an organization that is that large? When we think, when I think about the projects that I work with them on, they're they're typically highly focused, meaning uh, they are focused on on specifically designing and defining an architecture for a particular product or product line. Um, mm. Now, that's a component that fits into a broader security program, uh, and so sometimes uh, the work within the within the scope of that arrangement would be to help them understand how it fits into the broader program. Right, so it might be uh, it might be something like a, a PCI uh, compliance initiative that's ultimately driving the adoption of SIM and DLP. So, for the, there was a, a large uh, global company uh, service master that I had worked with, and their, their initiative was around PCI compliance and and driving uh, the the individual uh, architectures and and. Uh, development of things like SIM and, and DLP uh, and encryption, and what do those mean uh, in relation to the broader program and the uh, and their achievement of being PCI compliant? So uh, many times those projects, like I said, are, are were tightly focused on a on a particular scope, uh, but bled into the the broader security program, and and obviously uh, the implications can be far reaching, you know, and you have to think about. Uh, not only compliance, but you have to think about uh, privacy and 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 uh, legal uh, challenges. So when you think about something like DLP as an example, uh, those are incredibly complex uh, deployments because not only do you have a complex technical architecture that you have to solve to, but you also have uh, the complexity of of geopolitical uh, diversity, right? So you have you have compliance uh, and privacy laws uh, in Europe that are that are very different, uh, at least at that time, uh, than what we saw here in in North America. Uh, mm-hmm. We've definitely seen, uh, obviously, lots of convergence of of laws and regulations, but but it made those kind of projects very complex uh, of how to think about those in the in the bigger picture as well. I would imagine there's a, there must be a lot of collaboration between the various organizations that are providers like yourself and and the in-house teams. There's a lot of uh, back and forth that must go on. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really critical component to uh, how we think about Eddie Centire, how we think about MDR. Uh, It it is not just about providing a a service uh, that is focused on blocking threats. That that is a a natural outcome of what we do uh, and how we do things. But we need to think, especially within our our market, when we're working with uh, mid you know mid market to small enterprise type of customers, we have to think about how this fits into the broader program and and how do we help those customers mature over time rather than just blindly delivering a service. We want to know more about the customer, help them uh, mature in lots of different areas that are not directly related to uh, services that we deliver, but are. Uh, linked, uh, intrinsically linked to uh, providing uh, a, a better security outcome for the company. And, and we have to understand that what, what a customer does in their broader security program has an impact on us, and what we do has an impact on that broader security program. So there needs to be a lot of back and forth and a lot of collaboration uh, to, to make the best of the solution and the, and the implementation. 
Well, let's dig into to some of the, the things that you're doing there at East Centire. I'd love to start by um, just having you explain for us what some of these things mean. You know, what what is uh, an MSSP? What, what is MDR? And, and how do those integrate into uh, organizations that you provide services to? Yeah, I think the best way to start, too, is to, to think about, you know, what we feel are the differences between, you know, an MSSP and, and uh, you know, a managed detection response or MDR uh, player. And I think, you know, my perspective comes from, you know, having worked for an MSSP in, in Symantec to uh, now working with, with eCentire. And they each have similar objectives, uh, but a very different path on, on how to achieve those objectives. Uh, so an MSSP is generally... Uh, by de- definition, a little more focused on uh, device uh, management. So managing the technology that customers already have within their environment. Uh, and through managing those and managing the data that comes off of those, the alerts or the events that come off of those, uh, correlating and, and, and making decisions based on those, you, you achieve uh, better security outcomes is, is the theory behind that within MSSP. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's highly focused on uh, I will manage your firewalls and I will manage the, the event feed off of those. Uh, and MDR takes uh, a different approach to try to achieve a greater level of security uh, and in the end, uh, better outcomes, I feel, for customers. And that is more centered around uh, the fact that while device management is still an important piece, you still have to manage firewalls and and ensure you have the right rule sets in place. Uh, MDR for us has always been, you know, when we when we helped define uh, the MDR market, it was really around uh, recognizing that inevitably those third party technologies will will fail. Right. Tech, uh, you know, attackers will find a way uh, around the technical controls that you put in place. And we need to be able to find a way to identify the attackers when they have done that, when they insert, they've circumvented uh, the technical controls that you put in place. So it's about getting technology and visibility uh, into a customer's environment to be able to look for those anomalies, those activities that would indicate that uh, someone has circumvented those those technical controls that you might have in place. Uh, identify those patterns, then investigate them, and then ultimately respond to them. And generally, that's you know there, there's a little more of a mixture now. Most MSSPs are working towards MDR-like services. Some MDR providers have have begun to offer some uh, MSSP-like capabilities of management of third-party technologies. But my my general principle has always been, as an MSSP, you kind of have to have a broad uh, ability to support many, many, many different technologies. Uh, and there's some inherent weakness in that, in, in that it's very difficult to be good at all these technologies. And then it's also means that as a service provider, my ability to provide a, a service that has high efficacy from a security standpoint is somewhat dependent on the third party technologies that you've decided to put in place. So if you're coming to me and you already have a firewall vendor or an endpoint vendor, and you're just simply looking for me to manage those, my ability to manage them might be quite high, but the efficacy from a security standpoint will will be partly dependent upon those technologies themselves versus, you know, our, our approach is, you know, we bring in our technologies that we have perfected over time, and we know that it gives us the right visibility at the different layers, and we think about our layers as, as network endpoint, log, and cloud. Uh, so those four critical layers give us 
uh, the, the visibility that we need. And we need to make sure we have the right tools with the right fidelity of information. And, and the, so it's, a, it's nuance between an MSSP and an MDR provider, how they operate. Their, their goal is, like I said, ultimately the same is to, to provide uh, security and security services. How they go about them uh, is quite a bit different between the two. Now, are they complementary to each other? Are they in tension with each other? Is it is it a defense in depth kind of thing? A, you know, belt and suspenders sort of thing. How how do they play off of each other, or can they exist in the same universe? They can. It, it's not. It is not uh, entirely common to to uh, coexist. Uh, but we have mm-hmm. certainly over the years have seen uh, customers of our own. Uh, look to MSSPs to uh, essentially do things like the firewall management and for us to deliver MDR. Uh, now, th- there's complexities in that, obviously, for customers having two, two different vendor relationships. And I think uh, we're seeing the market ultimately uh, converge a little bit in, in terms of, you know, do we continue to see a, de- uh, a separation between MSSP and, and MDR? Or do we get into you know, next gen MSSP where there's a, maybe a little more convergence. Uh, but but we have seen customers uh, separate those and some have have taken the path or many, I would say, in, in our case, uh, for our customer base, have taken the path that they can control and, and support the management of, you know, things like firewalls and so forth. Uh, and really where their struggle has been is is the operations uh, behind behind that, right? The detection response capabilities, the investigative process of taking a signal, determining whether that signal is is identified as weird, but is it weird good or weird bad? And that's where mm. MDR providers have have come in, and and that's where I think you know from our perspective in the in the mid market, the customers have really struggled. It has been less about you know, hey, I I don't really want to manage my firewalls, uh, but more so about how do I make sure I'm getting the most out of those technical controls? And what do I do about the gap of things that ultimately uh, get around, right? If I, have a, if I have a privileged attacker with credentials, uh, they'll, they'll likely walk right through that, that firewall or VPN connection. How do I detect and respond to that activity? Hmm. I, I want to get your take on threat intelligence and the role that plays uh, in these types of scenarios, um, where do you think it fits in? Yeah, threat intelligence is is obviously a, a critical component overall. You you cannot deliver a, a security service without having uh, threat intelligence be an important part of that. Uh, because at the end of the day, th- threat intel plays uh, an important role in a number of aspects. But one of them, uh, for example, being uh, the more we know, the more we can share as an industry uh, the more we can leverage threat intelligence as platforms uh, and integrate it into what we do, uh, that will help us with with uh, speed, efficacy, and uh, and even automation. Right. So, uh, if I know about a threat, if I've seen it before, uh, or I've seen uh, the patterns, uh, the TTPs of of an attacker, uh, and I can more quickly identify that within an environment, then it saves. You can imagine uh, if uh, we stop an attack early in the stage uh, of an attack, uh, how much downstream work that that helps uh, eliminate. And so threat intelligence is an important aspect to that, not to mention all of the other aspects, right? So yes, automation and stopping threats early on uh, before they ever happen uh, and leveraging threat intelligence to do that. But 
also to be able to uh, support uh, the broader research uh, that, that has to be done when you're delivering a service like, like ours, understanding uh, as new vulnerabilities uh, are and, and the activities that are happening uh, within the industry. Uh, because for, for security and for us, it's all about prioritization. A, a company, an end customer, will always have more than more work than they can uh, manage, whether it be uh, as simple as patch management. The customer will always have uh, more vulnerabilities than they can ever patch in any given day. Uh, and so then the goal becomes uh, prioritization of that effort. And that same uh, philosophy or, or uh, mentality can be applied to many things across uh, the organization, not just vulnerability, but it's a, a great simple example. If we can leverage threat intelligence in, in a pragmatic way to help us understand and prioritize what to patch first, then that is a great application of threat intelligence. So uh, leveraging a source like Recorded Future to be able to understand what is happening out there, what activity is going on uh, to, to help us prioritize the efforts that we are doing on the back end, then that is a, another great example of, of the use of threat intelligence. Uh, the one thing I will say about threat intelligence is, you know, we have to operate in a world of unknown. Uh, and, and we have to protect uh, against the known threats. We also have to protect against the unknown threats and the never-before-seen uh, threats. Uh, and so that's that's an important promise of of MDR and and what we do at at Ecentire. So threat intelligence is critical to that. We have a threat intelligence teams that leverage and utilize tools uh, like Recorded Future, but it is important to uh, to not rely solely on threat intelligence. Meaning it's a continuous cycle, and you have to be able to detect the unknown uh, and then feed that bit back into the broader community so that we can together provide better services uh, across the industry and protecting you know our, our companies and our industry and our countries our thanks to sean blankhorn from eCentire for joining us don't forget to sign up for the recorded future cyber daily email where every day you'll receive the top results for trending technical indicators that are crossing the web Cyber news, targeted industries, threat actors, exploited vulnerabilities, malware, suspicious IP addresses, and much more. You can find that at recordedfuture.com slash intel. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll subscribe and help spread the word among your colleagues and online. The Recorded Future podcast production team includes coordinating producer Monica Tadros, executive producer Greg Barrett, the show is produced by The Cyberwire with editor John Petrick, executive producer Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.